0: All right, welcome in to another edition of the Fezzik Focus Podcast here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am AJ Hoffman. He is the only two-time Super Contest Champion, Mr.
1: Steve Fezzik. Steve, how are you, bud? Happy Thursday. What's going on, AJ?
0: I, not much, man. You're looking slim, looking strong.
1: Still fat, but... Getting better. You know, I missed the main event this year at the World Series of Poker. So I always hate not playing in the main event, and I haven't played in it in like 15 years or 12 years. It seems like you'd be over
0: hating not being able to play in it. What do you mean, overhate? Like you'd be overhate. Like you say, I hate not playing in it. It's like, well, you've had fifteen years to do it. Why don't just do it then? Because
1: it's if the time commitment is too great. You just you're basically saying, oh, I'm not going to handicap sports or do anything in my life, spend any time with my family for five days. If you have any kind of good run. Now the flip side, people could say, well, if you go five days, you're going to have a nice payday. Yeah, and the like. But but also there's the you can go two and a half days and not get any money, which I've done. You know, twice you when need- I won my, I won my way in both times, and both times I went into like late day two, early day three. I didn't wind up in the money, and it was, um, I mean, yeah, that's a huge time suck. You know, but what do sometimes you what it?
0: you need is two and a half days away from your family and away from work.
1: Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm a guy. People <laughs> ask me, "What do you do for recreation when you're not working?" You know what I respond? I gamble. Yeah. Meaning I'll play poker and blackjack. Well, there, there you go. That's and, what you do. And I'll play I'll play other advantage games that I don't play very often.
0: All right, let's uh before we get in we're going to get into your your weight loss challenge and see where we're at on that. But first, let's do what we always do to start the show. Let's have a fez tale.
1: Yeah, let's do fez tale. You know, I'm going to it's going to be a little bit a dark fez tale and I Ooh. apologize for that. But there's a lesson. There's lessons for this and and one what, it's a tragic story and, and, and frankly, and an, you know, not a good-look story for the industry. couple guys that were very well-connected, very successful betting, and they both went broke uh, betting on sports. And one of them actually took his life, Ken Weissner. Oh, no. And I knew, I knew the shrink. Ken Weissner, he, he founded the Rx.com. Sharp guy. And I'll, I'll go back to, like, 2009. So 2009 is, like, the maximum... I I, what's that, the the zenith of my sports betting contests success. This is your peak. My peak. So I win five contests in two years, all right? Um, And I believe, like, one of the last ones I win, it's the 2009. So I won the Hilton back-to-back those years. I won the South Point twice. And I'm in the Leroy's Money Talks contest. It's an invitational contest, so it's not as impressive. It's not an open contest. I think there's 16 people. But I remember going back and forth with Ken, you know, talking about plays, getting to know him, you know, a little bit. I really didn't know him very well at all. And, you know, we both were in the contest and ultimately I hit 67% in the four rounds and I, I advanced and won that contest with with a 67% record and so I got to know Ken and then you know it was interesting. So Ken comes out uh this is in 2009 and he was winning and he's like fez and I've never met him formally before this trip, all right? He goes, Fez, you know, I'm coming back in three weeks for my next round. Can you hold on to a little cash for me? Because it's a pain taking it through the airport, you know, and, which it is, you know. And you never know, um, you know, just carrying it and explaining why you're carrying, you know, 20000 or more. It's, it's, it's something you, you want to avoid if you can. Sure. So I'm like, sure, I can hold on. So I'm thinking he's going to give me like 15000 or something. So he takes out six bricks. Might have been seven. I can't recall. 60 or 70,000. I don't even know. I mean, he's never been in my house. I've never been at his house. He's He is an acquaintance, and he's throwing 65 large at me, all right? Like, here, hold on to this. That, um, that sets off red flags to me. Like, that's... The- it shows someone's living a little bit loose, right? Would yeah, say, what's the what's Mackenzie? What would be the adjective you'd use for someone that that is so, you know, nonchalant with money like that? Fast and loose is is right, all right. So he's fast and loose and the like. But he's I, I'm like, hey, he's got his printing press going. He's printing money. It's fine, you know. So what's well, interesting, so I meet up— It also says, speaks to you, Fez. You're a trustworthy dude. I am a trustworthy dude. You know, there's there's some people out there that might say, ah, Fez is a pain in the butt to work with, you know, in terms of like any— and like, I'll, I'll tell you this, I, 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 I can't stand when I work with a guy, and he's like, oh, you know, I just felt—I looked at the ticket, and I'm sorry, you know, I know you want it under— but I bet over accidentally. Here's a copy of the ticket. And, 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 and like in the back of my mind, here's my mental gyration. are. what the F is going on? It's like I make thousands of bets. I never make a mistake like that. I'm directing you to make 14, and you can't get one. And 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 you have an error rate of seven percent. Yeah. I mean, check the ticket. Look at the ticket. You should never, ever. And I've had people bet the wrong thing, and I'm like, I'm like, no, you go back to that casino and you ask to get that ticket voided. And they, they you know, usually they say no. Sometimes they say yes. But it's just like the, the error rate is unbelievable. And I and I like I do everything to make sure that never happens. So if I bet an under. It's gonna be an even number. If I bet an over, it's an odd number. Game seven four one under does not exist. Game seven four one has to be an over. So always use odd numbers for overs just to help. Same thing like doubleheaders for baseball. I'm like, that's why I give you the rotation number. So you don't bet game two when I wanted game one. You know, things Makes like maybe you never say, uh, White Sox. You know why you don't say White Sox without a rotation number? Because the White Sox play today. The White Sox play tomorrow. And if there's a doubleheader, they might play three times. Give the rotation number. Can't mess it up. But the, but the, going back to, so Ken was just fast and loose with the money. I still remember, so he comes back out and they give him back the money. And he looks at it and he goes, Fez, this is not the money I gave you. And I was like yeah, yeah yeah I didn't just take it and put it into a safe deposit box I, I went ahead and just I remember I just like dumped it all into my um my canter gaming account you know and deposited it and then pulled it back out I didn't know when he was coming back you know so I wasn't just gonna keep you know, keep 70k in cash at your house or may, something may like as that. well have it work for me you know <laughs> I yeah. mean, but whatever so I, st- I still remember he was like oh you um this is not the bills I gave you I'm like oh the same amount it's it's all good so that was you know that was interesting but you know unfortunately did you ever find out why he cared about that i thought that was interesting for a guy that was as um fast and loose to hand me to be that but then comment when he after he was paid back oh that surprised me you know that you gave me different bills um that he um well ultimately uh apparently he had a bad and by the way he was in the movie um with Alan Boston and 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 Dink maybe Mackenzie can you look up that movie that was um if if you query those three guys is it the best of it maybe i think it is the best of it that's a, a movie about four gamblers and right after that movie shortly after so he, here he, that's right. he's running good he's doing well by the way alan boston story so alan boston they there's a picture he's in this this swank summerlin um, I'm sure, gated community, um, or I think it had, had to have been. And he's walking around, and he's got, like, you know, some big dog that he's walking without a leash, and he, and Alan's, like, not wearing any shoes walking around. And Alan chose to move back to the East Coast, um, uh, you know, maybe four or five. It could, could be seven years ago. I'm not sure. He was, so he left the uh, neighborhood, like, the Vegas area. Maybe it was 2016. Based upon what I saw from that movie, I'm just going to say I'm going to make a bold prediction. Boston will get mad at me for saying this, but I'm right, Alan. I'm pretty sure your neighbors are not disappointed that you chose to leave that neighborhood. Oh, really? Because I don't. Well, you know what? That's why people buy houses in the ridges. Yeah. To avoid neighbors that that like walk their Dobermans without leashes. You Fair know? enough. That's I, I got Johnny. You know, we're out there. We're throwing the baseball in our cul-de-sac. Don't don't need to see some like huge, you know, some owner barefoot without a shirt on with their big dog. You know what? If I wanted that, I, I could have got I could have gotten gone ahead and, and lived a couple miles away from the West Gate. Okay, I'm a snob. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sorry, um, but I I, I I digress. Alan Boston, very good college uh, basketball handicapper and better. So um, certainly, I want to disclose that poker, not not so much. Um, although I think he's he's really good at one one of the not the no limit games but one of the other games the stud games so um everyone speaks very well about his his acumen in that in that game and i don't disagree at all um but um so weisner just goes on the shrink goes on a bad run he goes on a bad run this is in march 2010 during march madness and i don't have all the details on what exactly went wrong but um, he starts, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling his bets. He goes broke. He owes people like a million dollars. And he takes his life. He and his wife take their lives. They're like, we can't can't continue. Wow. That deep. I mean, and, and so you think about this.
0: It's a terrible story.
1: It's a terrible story. Trad- grandchildren, you know, it's, and so it shows the darkness of gambling. And, and don't, you know, if, if, if you go through a, if a losing streak, and they're out there. I went 7-18 in the USFL. Yeah. It could very easily you could say there's no way Steve Fezzik is going to deal a seven and eighteen. That's 25 games. That's 28 percent for a season. You know I'm going to start doubling, tripling, quadrupling his bets. He's not going to keep losing. You know what? It's memoryless. You go, you go two and six. Hey, it might be worse than memoryless. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I know people who will go out and play blackjack. You know, just got not guys who play blackjack professionally, but they're like, I'm going to make a hundred dollar bet if I lose it. I'm gonna bet 200 and get it back. Martin if I Hill. lose that, I'll make 400. Like, it, like it, all it takes is you losing four or five hands of blackjack in a row, and you're you're in a pretty deep hole.
1: I've lost ten hands of blackjack. Sure, in a row. who hasn't? Yeah, that you happens. Know, you, you win less than half your hands in blackjack because of the doubles and the splits and the three to twos on the blackjacks. So you know you're a big dog, even with a positive count to win any one hand. It's yeah. just the hands you win that when you put more money out, you know you should you should win more than half of those. Um, So, you know, another story, you know, um, well, I'll I'll bring up Alan Boston. Alan Boston made tons and tons of money betting sports. No one, like, there's no argument there, you know, that he's very successful. Lifestyle, not so good. Um, Edges erode. Bottom line is, um, you know, he he wound up, you know, having to, you know, um, it appears he wound up having to scale back and, you know, chose to sell his house, you know, um, and then move back east. So, you know, here's a guy. That I have no, I have no, no question at all. If Alan Boston had just been working with um, some uh, accountant and just giving him the place, and said, here go bet this stuff, you know, that that person would have just made money hand over, yes, yeah. you know, the left and right because they wouldn't have spent any of it, and they would have just and 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 I, I the lifestyle absolutely can get you. I mean, it, 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 it's caught up to me. You know, you start, you're winning, you're doing real well, you think it's going to continue forever. Jeff Madson won. Uh, He's a poker player. He won the uh, Poker Player of the Year, like 2006. And he was like, they asked one piece of advice for people like four years later, and he says, I just wish I knew how good I was running. And I, like for myself, I wish I knew how good I was running in 2010. It cost me money. I was overconfident. Right.
0: Instead of believing, like, this is what I really am, it's hard for someone who's winning to say, I'm having a nice little run here like it doesn't mean that you're suddenly the greatest in the world at what you're doing it means you're having a
1: really good run yeah and i was the greatest in the world based on my results at some point you say wait a minute i got 5 in 2 years i got 5 contests i'm i'm running 66% in i mean yeah i am getting some soft lines sure but i'm i'm the man you know and it's like it's hard to believe that then you can have a year you know, a couple of years where you're like not even hitting fifty two percent. Yeah. You know, how did that possibly happen? You know, and the truth is you weren't a sixty-five percent handicapper and you weren't the fifty-one percent handicapper. That the answer is somewhere in between, probably closer to the low fifties than the mid sixties, obviously. Um so another story, really sharp guy. Again, I know I know Tim better than I know the shrink, Ken Weitzner, Tim Truechel. So he used to run the sports memo websites. I would say he was the sharpest of all the guys, you know, and they were sharp guys. Teddy Covers, Brian Leonard, um, Fairway Jay, these are sharp guys. And and Truso, I think, was the sharpest. And he bet. And he used to say, you know, it doesn't mean anything unless you bet enough that it hurts if you lose, which is a little concerning, you know, that that would – but um, he um, ultimately, similar story, you know, always winning, always doing well, and then had one bad patch, started – doubling tripling, whatever quadrupling up and boom all of a sudden wakes up can't can't pay the creditors you know can't pay the uh the bookies just all of a sudden so negative that he just thank God you know Tim unlike Ken was like well you know it's not England in the 1650s where they throw you in prison for you know for in debtors prison right you know it's like I'm sorry you know I'm I'm'm I'm, I'm out of the game I'm I, obviously um I got eggs at this so he just you know, left the industry and the like, but, um, I guarantee you uh, the shrink and Tim Truchel are way, and Alan Boston are way, way, way. It's unfair to put Alan on this group. Delete, delete the, the, the reference to Alan there. Um, but um, Ken Weitzner and the shrink are way, way more connected and have more knowledge and how to win betting sports. And the fact that both of these guys, you know, could go broke. Is a cautionary tale. Yeah. Be careful. Never be hit a point. And, and you know what? I'll say this. I've been known to be, if I'm having like a, more likely on a, on a day where like I've been betting all day and I'm down a 1,000. I'm like, God, I don't want to lose today. You know? The truth is I'm probably not certain I'm down 1,000 because i got so many counts. That's just an estimate. Sure. I'm like, you know, I really, lo- I really like Arizona in the late game against the, the Hawaii Giants. Hawaii game.
0: It's always the Hawaii. You know what?
1: I'm getting eight on Hawaii now. (laughs) And and I thought they was they were good bet plus seven. You know what? I've already made my normal, you know, bet on Hawaii. Yeah, let me let me let me double that up. Let me double that up and then Hawaii's down twelve at halftime and I'm like, you know, they got the body clock. Working for them, you know, it'll, it'll really, come around. It's really late, right? Let's now bet them second for Utah half for State. Yeah, let's go ahead and and and, and bet more on Hawaii. So if
0: only Hawaii was good at football. Don't right?
1: don't don't be that guy. Don't don't go crazy. Um, and and if you are going to go crazy, there's a right way and a wrong way. Here's the wrong way. The wrong way is and and I'll be honest. You know, it's sometimes what we do for a living in giving picks to the clients and selling picks is not. Um, consistent with you know some of the advice I'll give, I, I'll I'll come out and say, well, if you, I recognize people are going to bet that bailout game, so let me give them what I believe is the right side, and I'll say, you know, get the bailout game. I, I'll give out you know the latest game if I like it. You know, certainly I'm going to sell it to people, but um, that's the wrong way. Is to like, oh, you know, Stephen Over has his game of the year on the eleven o'clock Hawaii game. I'm going to bet ten times what I normally bet. You know. Good enough for Nover, good enough for me. I need a winner. You know, that's that impulse buy. Because the truth is, probably more than half the time, Nover's played under fifty five and it's already down to fifty two and a half. It's right. a really good play.
0: What would you say is your hit rate on the, like the times when you do find yourself chasing?
1: Probably really good. Yeah? <laughs> I think it's like fifty eight percent. Oh wow, okay. It's really
0: good. But you would say that's I've ran, I've ran. That's good. atypical to the I, average sports. I've bet. ran
1: good. That's why I built up a bankroll and done well. It's like yeah. I've, I've had, you know, um, there there were examples like when I won the like one year when I won the Westgate. I put a fifty thousand hedge bet on a game because I needed it to win. It middled, <laughs> yeah, so so um, Fair. the the uh, you know I won my hedge bet and I and I pushed from the contest and the like. The, there is a right way to chase, all right, for a poker player, for a sports better, And the right way to chase is just grind. I'll use an example. And I was really good at this. If I wasn't running that good, I would drive to Prim, Nevada, which had their independent sports book. It's on the border of, um, of California. Okay, It's 40, 40, a yeah, 35-minute drive from Las Vegas. i just bolt up I-15 and stop in a Whiskey Pete's, Buffalo Bills, you know, that um, conglomeration of casinos, the three of them, and I would bet they're soft lines, and it wouldn't be unusual. UCLA would be a 14-point a favorite, and they'd be 17 on the border okay. before the game started. And I would just, I just plug away. Ron Boyle, Skinny Boyle's lived in Mesquite, Nevada, played against Chris Andrews' relative that ran that. Um, I always get this mixed up. if It was Chris's relative, or what I think it was, or whether it was Art Terrace's relative. Um, I don't know. Um, they all the, all the all the Greek people look alike. To me, I guess <laughs> the um, bottom line is um, their numbers were so weak that you could just make a living. And Ron, Ron Boyles did that by digging in and betting. He'd bet NFL games plus seven. There were five, five everywhere else. You know, it's funny cause, that that's
0: successful long term, I would guess. And
1: he, he and he had you know good cover apparently because every time like I would drive up there or Brad Powers would drive up there, it was remarkable how we would get one bet in. And then when we bet, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, that line just moved. Someone at Virgin River must have bet it." When I was over at the Casaplanca, or, or yes, or the Rainbow, or whatever they're called. Um, I think it was State Line. I, I get them all. I, I get Wendover mixed up with Mesquite. They're all blending together. But the bottom line is, find weak games. Same thing. Like you're a poker player, and normally you play five ten. Nothing wrong with going down to two five and just beating up on tourists, or even one three. Go to the. You know what? You can win a lot of money in a week one, three game at the MGM Grand where the parking's horrible and no pros play and the like. And that's, um, um, I, I believe Mackenzie used to beat up on people. Was it at, at downtown at one of the, the like. Golden gold- Nugget. One, yeah. one New Year's Eve, I made a, I made a killing. Even me could be profitable at one, two So, you know, anything's possible. I mean, you'll see things where you've got kings and, and like, there's, like, multiple raises and re-raises, and you're like, I really should fold this, but I I I'm not good enough to fold Kings. He has to have aces and you'll you'll call his all in and he will flip over the King queen. queen. He'll flip over the Queen Ten of Diamonds. Oh. I mean it happens all the time. And you're like, What? Because you're pot committed already. Right. Mean, he has to know you're gonna call. You know, it's just the things that you will see. So so the way and another thing to dig in, you know, drive to freaking, you know, Arizona or fly to Ohio, you know, steal $5,000 from McKenzie, and just deposit a 1000 with the with the 100% bonuses in each and every one of these accounts. Don't be so lazy. Don't like, oh, I'll just go ahead and buy Goodfellow's Game of the Year, and, and I'll bet the 5000 on it. That's lazy, you know? Bet the Goodfellas Game of the Year, fine. But um, bet 4% of your bankroll, you know? First, double your bankroll against the dumb-dumb books that have no idea what they're doing. They're giving a 100% bonus one-time rollover. And take advantage of, of, of all those. If you haven't done, there's people, I know people that bet professionally and they're so lazy, like, like they never even bothered chasing these bonuses, like, like right across, you know, you drive across Hoover Dam, it's 30 minutes, you know. Hey, you know, Bill Crackman, professional gambler, if Crackman can drive over the dam to bet daily, if Brad Powers can do that, you can do that, you know, at least get your bonuses.
0: Yeah. So there is, you're saying, what you're saying is there's a way to chase properly.
1: Yes. I would call there's a way, instead of chasing, grind. Grind more.
0: There you go. Because
1: you're spending time away from your family. Maybe you're traveling and the like. But, like, if you told me, I absolutely positively have to win $10,000 or they're going to break my thumbs, but I have 30 days... I'm like no problem. You're yeah. you're good as long as you can borrow some money from somebody, you know, get and have some money, but even so like you could literally you start with a 1000, you get your bonus at DraftKings, right? Now you got 2000. 3 days later, all right, now you take the 2000 and you to you, d- you deposit at FanDuel and Barstool and all these other books. Now by the way, DraftKings. mind
0: you this doesn't apply to like an offshore sports book where they're like oh 100 deposit bonus and then you've got to roll it over over 100 times
1: 20 times or the 40 times roll exactly so make
0: sure when we when you hear this you're not thinking oh i can go to x online sports book and do that it's not it's not the same as the bonuses at at real
1: exactly right now you should still do that at those books but that's now now we're we're talking a much more. We're playing chess instead of checkers. or, or if and you take
0: that rollover, don't take that rollover expecting to take your money out in in six weeks. That, that, it, that's right. unlikely.
1: And I will, you know, it, uh, this is an insult to good checker players everywhere. This is playing tic tac toe. Okay. This well, really is a, like sharp third grader could do this. Uh, all right,
0: I want to talk about the big news of yesterday, which was Baker Mayfield to the Panthers, and. RJ and I have some disagreement on this and I'm curious where you stand. I don't believe this is a great move for Cleveland. I don't believe this is a great move for Baker Mayfield and I don't think this is a great move for Carolina. Now, do I think Carolina is better with Baker Mayfield than Sam Darnold? Of course, I'm not I'm not a fool, but do I think that this is somehow good for their franchise? I don't think Baker Mayfield makes them a playoff team. I I don't think that he gets them any closer to the goal. They now have the 10th most expensive quarterback room in the NFL, and I'd argue it's maybe the the 25th or 26th best quarterback room by expectation. They're only Uh,
1: committed for one year.
0: Yeah, for one year. But
1: But they're better this year.
0: They are better this year, but how much better is the question?
1: They're two points better.
0: Okay, that's see. R. J. McKenzie, what was uh, I, what did I say yesterday? Two, two and a half. Which R. J. said was crazy. He's like R. J. believes this is a huge upgrade. Like I, I want to know where you fall exactly.
1: Well, it's interesting that R. J. would view had that view because. I believe R.J. criticized me during our quarterback draft when I took that Baker Mayfield. What round did I take him in, Mackenzie? The Was very it? last pick, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, so round six. So that's 20. So clearly, now R.J., I'm sure, would argue, well, I didn't have Baker in my top 24 because I didn't think he would play. But wait a minute, are the NFL so full of dummies that, <laughs> that, with a, that they're going to let a top 16 quarterback just sit out for a year without... Finding a way to get him.
0: You think he's a top 16 quarterback? No. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) But um, I haven't, my point is, I've got him 21st, and I don't, you know what? I don't think I'm on an island at all. I have Mayfield 21st, Darnold 29th. I have them two points apart in my, now you might argue that Mayfield's going to take a few games maybe to get completely up to speed.
0: Who are the two guys you have ahead and the two guys you have behind Mayfield on your list?
1: Uh, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz are above him. And I've got Winston and Hurts below him, but I'd throw a blanket over all five of those. Okay. They're, they're all they all they're all slightly below average quarterback.
0: Okay.
1: You know, and and I don't think you I
0: don't well. think that's egregious. I, I don't know if I agree with the ordering, but I, I think yeah, if you're saying they're all in general area, I think I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Um Mac Jones is the point of demarcation. He's the zero. He's he is the Joe Q average quarterback along with Jimmy G.
0: Okay. I think I think that's probably fair.
1: So if we go if we go two point difference, and remember this is Baker, you know, getting acclimated. So Maybe it's not true the first month, although he should know Cleveland. So he should, you know, but they Cleveland knows him. So that's an interesting sure. you know week one, um, and we'll get to that game shortly. But um, if it's a two point upgrade, they play seventeen games, I believe, in the NFL. That's thirty four points of an upgrade, thirty five points. Get you one extra win. Seems you know it seems like it should get you more than one extra win, but it really does get you two extra wins in some ways because now you um, you wind up two games above five hundred instead of at five hundred. So it's it's worth it's worth one more win to Carolina.
0: So let's talk about on the win t- because the win totals have moved uh, about a half game for for the Panthers. Panthers
1: were what just five, under five nine six, to six, six four. four. Yes.
0: So let's say. How, what, what percentage w- was built in already to the idea that Carolina was going to upgrade at quarterback versus the, like so is basically what I'm asking, is this a proper adjustment based on what was already built into that number? Y-
1: yes, because and then the question why wasn't a one game adjustment? and the answer was because there was I think already more than a 50 percent chance the expectation was Carolina was going to get Jimmy G or they were going to get Baker. Those were the two right. quarterbacks out there. Jimmy G would would have been injured to start the year, maybe. Uh, but, you know, Baker would be available. So I think instead of a one-game, if, if you assume there's a 50% chance of an upgrade like this and it's a one-game upgrade, boom, you know, then here we are. It is the proper adjustment.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about, and this is a good lesson for everybody, because back on May 25th, you gave out a play on that Cleveland Carolina game one.
1: Yes, yeah, so I gave out Carolina plus four and a half, and and my notes were bet ASAP. Well, it turns out you actually had a long time to get three and a half on this game, but um, four and a half was what the numbers. I tweeted out. I made a bet um, locally, uh, three thousand on Carolina. That's a pretty big bet for me to make, you know, on a on a week one bet where I'm tying up my money. But I was like this. The, it seemed very clear to me that, well, Watson's not going to play Week One. Yeah, sure, it's going to be a real yeah. Was, yeah right? This
0: was this really had nothing to do with Baker at the time. It was they're pricing this like Deshaun Watson's going to play and he's not.
1: Yes, but I, I was aware that there was the possibility of the upgrade on Carolina as well. You know, so in the back of my mind, that you know that was certainly there as well. And I was like, you know what, if Watson plays and Sam Darnold plays, yeah, Cleveland's going to be laying five and a half. So what? So I get four and a half. Fine. But I'm like, Carolina could be favored in this game if everything goes. Um, I would argue if everything goes according to Hoyle, if everything happens like the way I think it's going to happen, Watson's not going to play. Baker's going to leave Cleveland. And Carolina's going to get a quarterback. Well, we hit the three-team parlay, so now the line's going to be Pickham. And it's... I, I think you can still get Carolina plus one half, but now you got to pick up the crumbs. If you want to bet Carolina, all right, you tease Carolina from a one and a half up to a seven half? Not nearly as good as having a four sure. minus one ten. But it, it, it just goes to show you, following one sport—if you just really are focused on one sport—you you—and I, I bring this up all the time—you you cannot lose. You cannot lose for a season in your own bets. The 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 sun is going to come up tomorrow, and at the end of the year, you're going to win. Why? Well, you've got Carolina plus four and a half. You could have bet Carolina two to one, you know, on the money line. How are you going to lose when you got plus two hundred on one side and pick them on the other? Yeah. No, I mean, so but you've got to be dialed in and making bets like this.
0: Boy, as I look at the uh, the Carolina schedule, and I try to get to six and a half wins or try to get to seven wins, I still don't get there even with this trade, and. A lot of it, uh, I think, like one of the teams that you would say, okay, this, this, if you're if you're going to get them to seven wins, this needs to be a win, is that Browns game? And, and, you and the Atlanta. idea, at the the idea that they're still an underdog at yeah. home to Cleveland, makes me think Carolina's still going to be under seven wins. Like it,
1: uh, that would be the only way I would look at it. Yeah, but, uh, but I do think that there's a possibility May Mayfield suddenly is 100 percent healthy. And he could be a top, you know, a top fifteen quarterback. It's Listen, possible.
0: In his four seasons, Baker has been a top fifteen quarterback. One of those seasons.
1: Oh, he played with such a bad team. Oh no, he no, didn't.
0: he played with That's one right. of the best rosters in the NFL. Next point. Now he's going to a well below average non-quarterback roster with a coach who's in like desperation mode. I think this ends up being a disaster all around. I think Matt Rule gets fired. Uh, I think think that the Panthers lose. Like I said, I think the Browns lose because the Browns basically paid the best quarterback that they could have had week one to go away because they botched the relationship. And this being a quote-unquote prove-it year for Baker Mayfield, now he's with a worse roster. He took a $3.5 million pay cut to try and quote-unquote prove it With a bad roster, I I, I don't like this for anyone. I think Baker Mayfield next year is going to be considered uh, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy that you have as a backup quarterback, and you feel pretty good if he's your
1: backup. If he's got to start six games... Okay, you feel all right with it? Ryan Fitzpatrick would be an upgrade. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is very—you're right, uh, according to the NFL, but not according to my numbers. I mean, I got—I got Ryan Fitzpatrick right. be- better than that. But uh,
0: right, Ryan, I just mean the uh, maybe Colt McCoy or Case Keenum, whatever you want go. to call it, a high-end backup Excellent. that you feel good about starting a handful of games, but you don't want him to be your franchise yes. quarterback. Yes. And I think that's where Baker Mayfield is going to end up landing. I think we saw one glimpse two years ago that ooh. Baker Mayfield might be a franchise quarterback now. Mind you, the bar to be a franchise quarterback in Cleveland has been set so drastically low. The best quarterback in the history of the Cleveland Browns is probably Bernie Kosar, Brian Seip? I don't okay okay whoever they're shitty, yeah. and you're like this is the bar this is the best we've ever had like so the fact that Cleveland was really excited about Baker doesn't mean shit to me because. It doesn't mean that he was. Good. It means he had a good year, and
1: people got overhyped about this guy. The, say what you want about the man; he made great commercials. And you know, a um, a weekend with the brissettes at the stadium commercial is just not going to ring the same. Although a Watson commercial has potential.
0: I don't know that Watson. I don't know that any advertisers are going to be like, you know what? Let's attach our name to Deshaun Watson. Going, you never, you
1: never know, because in the movie Kingpin. Remember, after Woody Harrelson lost, he scored a six uh, $100,000 contract with the, the rubber company.
0: Now, also remember, that is a movie. That is a work of fiction. <laughs> <laughs> in real life, in 2022, not a lot of companies looking to tie their name to accused rapists or accused <laughs> uh, sexual predators. It's One, just one not- of the
1: great scenes from Kingpin is when... Woody Harrelson comes up with his mechanical arm. He sees a little baby carriage. And he goes, coochie, 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 uh, to yeah. the mom. And he's, like, pretending to like the baby. And he's, he's walking, like, totally hungover. He's got his coffee. Yeah. And then he walks away. And then you realize that what he's done is he's palmed the baby's breast milk out of the bottle. <laughs> and he uses it to, um, to put into his coffee that has no creamer.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about... Uh, trusting your instinct before before we get out of here with the best bet, what do you got?
1: Yeah, don't trust your instincts. This is, this is like the worst piece of advice. I hear this all the time from all of these different experts. Trust your instincts. Um, I want you to walk into your casino that you go to the most. I want you to look around at all the slot players and all the table game players playing. Every one of those people is trusting their instincts. Guess what? Instincts don't win at gambling. It's it is it is not. They don't win at roulette. They don't win at Blackjack, and they don't win at sports betting. Now, you could argue that, like, a long-term, you know, professional handicapper has built up instincts, and he's learned how and how not, you know, to play certain games and when to play on the Yankees and when not to back the Yankees. But the bottom line for the average human being, trusting instincts is absolutely <laughs> terrible advice. I'll use an example of trusting instincts. You know, I got this epi- epidemic continues where somehow— Playing two big favorites on the money line parlayed became a clever idea. And it's a stupid idea. It's mathematically so flawed. The idea is I've got a minus 240 favorite and another minus 240 favorite. My God, if I parlay them together, I get even money on my bet. I don't have to lay the 240. But the truth is... Not only are you not laying are you still laying minus two forty, you're probably laying minus two forty and minus two fifty now because you can't shop for the very best numbers at the at at, at the different shops. So you want to pay even more VIG by doing this what looks creative and smart, but it's really very stupid. And and there's I gotta tell you, there's a lot of handicappers, including pregame handicappers, that do this moneyline parlay thing. Because the clients like it.
0: I was going to say, would you say a lot of that is customer satisfaction? Because if you give someone, hey, you can bet this at minus 240 and this at minus 250, they're thinking, oh, that's a lot of risk for these. Whereas like, I think that if you've got a smaller bankroll, the idea that you can parlay those two seems more exciting to a, a, an average better.
1: Yes, but mathematically, it's, it, it, it is not correct in any way, shape, or form. Um, Further, it's it's just beyond stupid that, like, if the two games are going concurrently, all right, I'm going to risk $240 on the Yankees, and should they win, then I'm risking $340 on Houston. But should the Yankees lose, I'm risking zero on Houston. Well, wait a minute. What happened to bet sizing correctly? And we're going to bet, you know, 2% of bankroll on average on each and every play, and now— magically we're either betting way more appreciably more or nothing on another play we like value is value you like the Yankees- minus 240 give it out minus 240 so we have handicappers that do it all the time and I'll be honest I don't I don't promote them I'm I, I'm so adamant about it that and I understand they're giving they're giving the client what they want but if the client wants to eat, You know, six donuts for $1.99, I don't want to sell it to them if I know they're going to eat them all in one setting. Sorry.
0: I think that's wise. All right, let's get to best bets. What do you got for us
1: today? All right, so I have a best bet that's not as good today as it was two days ago, but still off the charts good. Division wins, New Orleans Saints over three wins. This is like the most slam dunk good bet um, possible, and here's why. The Saints are supposed to win eight and a half games. Tampa is way better. They're supposed to win 11.5. Yep. I think that's three-game difference. Yes. Atlanta is supposed to win only four-and-a-half games. That's a four-game difference. So the Saints are better than—it's more likely the Saints sweep Atlanta than Tampa sweeps New Orleans. All right? Yes. So if I said—if it if, if was a three-team division and I played four division games and I said, what's the Saints over-under for those four games? Maybe 2.1 back-of-the-envelope estimate, yeah, you know, right around 2.1. A little bit, so the two would be favored to the over. And now I pick up two more games against a significantly improved Carolina. Guess what? You said it best. Carolina's still not very good, and they're not going to win seven games. And Carolina is going to be a big underdog at the Saints, and I don't know who's going to be favored. Carolina, when they're hosting the Saints, I still think the Saints will be favored in that game. So where I'm going is... Three and a half looks like a very reasonable number for the Saints for division wins, and I can get them over three, and I don't even have to pay any vig. So we talk about digging in. These are the sort of bets. I know it sucks to tie up your money till January, but um, just you know, find some rich uncle that's living in Waikiki and get him to wire you some money. Take your little finger and put it all on the Saints over three because it's either going to push more than likely or it's going to win. It's like the Saints. If the Saints go two and four. That that would be like an epic disaster. That would mean they they split with Atlanta.
0: Which listen, here's the fact North about the, the Saints and the uh, the Falcons series. I think going back to 2006 or something like that, the Saints are, are 23 and nine or 24 and nine against the Falcons, and that's gone through a stretch where the Falcons were pretty good. The Saints own the Falcons. Like it's a. It, it's much more likely the Saints sweep the Falcons. It kind of feels like the
1: Saints are like a, like the good version of what the Falcons. You know, they always say the where the Falcons want to be. And that's like kind of where the Saints are yeah. every year.
0: I would say it's it's as likely the Saints sweep the Falcons as it is the Bucks sweep the Falcons, just given the the way that those ah, two teams historically have matched Bucks up. Because the Bucks
1: might well, well especially because the Bucks play the Falcons week eighteen. Yeah. So it's possible that so they're only laying seven in that game. So it's possible yeah. that that game might be meaningless. So all the more reason why, and and, and we you know we do have a Falcons under two um betting people are like aren't you worried that they're going to beat the bucks week 18 I'm like you're giving the bookmaker way too much credit <laughs> you know if the falcons are one and four in division and the game's going to be meaningless to tampa bay we'll have plenty we'll of smoke, smoke a little dope take her time we'll still have plenty of time to bet atlanta catching a bunch of points before you know people pick up on this and you
0: said that it's not as good of a bet as it was a couple days ago but now you're getting even
1: money on it yes and the we we're always getting even money on it. And frankly, these like McKenzie sent me a note like, how can this... McKenzie, go ahead and cite the line. You you have a best bet on a game of the year. Yeah, week three, Tennessee Titans hosting the uh, Raiders. They're only laying one point. They seem like even teams to me. Very simple handicap. I know it's a six-day week. I don't think that matters that much. This should be two and a half or three. It's only one. I like the Titans week three over the Raiders. And I fully endorse that. I'll make that a best bet also. You know, one thing I'm, I'm going to say is... Mackenzie, you asked me, well, well, what's the rationale behind that number, and and I, I just went off on poor DraftKings, and and, <laughs> and and it's not just DraftKings, but it's really all of the new sports books, FanDuel, Barstool. I mean, there these companies, all they care about is is customer acquisition. Get the dummies in, and I can put any numbers up, and I'll beat them, and I'll just eventually I'll limit the pros, and I won't let them bet. So what's interesting is how Wall Street. Is valuing like like DraftKings? I see all these articles. What should DraftKings be trading at? And wow, they're a bargain right now. They're down like seventy percent or seventy five percent off their peak. And not one of these Wall Street analysts—it's like evaluating a hamburger chain. Can they actually make good hamburgers? <laughs> you know, is this a good? <laughs> that's tasting? a bit, that's an important deal. And, and I've never seen one analysis. You know, like the acumen of the DraftKings ability to set lines. And and and, and DraftKings is. Poor at this. This is a very a, it's something they they absolutely are. They're not average. They're well below average. No one would disagree with me. No one. So and yet it's not even an, an, a part of the equation in terms of valuing the stock. It's, it, it makes no sense to me.
0: So I'm not one. To, I'm not certainly not looking to buck either of you on this play. But does the fact that this game is sandwiched between at Buffalo and at Indianapolis does that? Impact how you look at this game against the Raiders.
1: Oh, of course. So we'll play back the Raiders plus three or we'll okay. tease the Raiders from two and a half to but to, to eight and a half. The point is, this shouldn't be one. The right number's going to open. You know, all these spots and the like. Now, now we're back to playing chess a little bit. we 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 don't want to want to play chess. We'll play tic tac toe. We'll lay the one. Gotcha. With it with, with an equal team, and Tennessee is that close to Vegas? No. I think that's like two thousand. That's like an eighteen hundred miles trek there to Nashville, yeah. or and the and the like. So so I could argue, and I don't think the Raiders have done particularly well, you know, with lots of travel historically. Bottom line is. Um, if I, I I love laying one on a game that's going to be two, all right, because yeah. or, or that might be three. Because even if it's a disaster and it only goes to two, I'm like, well, Fezick, what are you going to do? You laid one, you can't take two. That's not a profitable middle. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what?
0: You can use a teaser.
1: I can tease it up to plus eight. Yeah. And 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 and, and you say to your, and, and then when the when the game is tied with four minutes to play, and I'm sitting at Tennessee minus one and Raiders teased up to plus eight, I'm feeling fat with the PH.
0: Well, there you go. All right, that is going to do it for another episode of the Fezzik Focus Podcast. Thanks to Mackenzie Rivers, not only for working in the back, but also for the best bet. Thanks to Steve Fezzik for all the insight. And thanks to you guys for listening. We appreciate it uh, always. And you guys have... This thing, this this podcast in particular, has really taken off, and that's because I, I'm, I'm guessing you guys are telling people about it, telling your friends, uh, growing the thing, and it, it means the world to us. So, and also, p- p- feel free, subscribe, subscribe, get in, move, like. We've got a lot of great podcasts on this feed. Uh, and, you know, if you subscribe, you're getting all of them. You're getting the golf pod. You're getting the MLB pods that are now three times a week up until football season. Uh, and it's, it, it. like I said, it, we really appreciate you guys listening to all of our stuff. Also, and because we appreciate it, I guess I better, I should just give them something, right? Uh, it seems like the, the right thing to do. Get, Don't give them too much. Well, I'm I'm going to give them 20%. How about that? 20% off anything at pregame.com. Use the code cowboy20. I do I don't know why it's cowboy. It's for my friend
1: the Midnight Cowboy.
0: Maybe that's what it is. But if you use that code, what cowboy20. The rice start?
1: <laughs> I like rice a lot.
0: Cowboy20. You get you go to pregame.com, you get 20% off. Is there a deadline? Uh, there is, uh, and I'm pulling it up right now. I don't know the exact deadline. Like,
1: remember the Midnight Cowboy, there's a deadline. You got to get your (laughs) picks in by 11 a.m. You know, how stupid was that that they put a, a, they used to have the deadline for the super contest in the morning. This is a late-night town. Have the deadline at, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah, it seems... Late at night, which they do now. Amen,
0: brother. Uh, Amen, brother. July 19th, when the All-Star break begins. So anything between now and then, Cowboy 20, 20% off anything at pregame.com. That could be Fez's season-long NFL package. You could get your hands on it early to get the best price and get 20% off. Uh, you want McK- McKenzie's doing football this year. It, it, he's he killed basketball, killed it. And uh, obviously all of us are working together. We're all helping each other out. We're, we're, we're passing ideas to each other. We're vetting ideas. It, there's, there's a lot of minds working on this stuff. So, uh, hope you find value in one of those. And like I said, with that, with that promo code cowboy two zero, get 20% off anything.
1: And I want to disclose, um, I've gone to two buffets this past year. <laughs> what, how's your weight? uh weights at 210 weights good you're
0: a 210
1: i'm a 210 look at you
0: so you're only what 180 is the the spot where it's a push
1: yes so 30 pounds away and really that means 190 because once i get to 190 real you know day to day i can just cut 10 pounds right go get in the sauna as an mma fighter would you say 10 is 10 is the number that if, if for sure i mean if i'm already a little bit Lighter than you know, yeah, but but still ten ten in water
0: is ten and water. Well, I used to I used to cut over ten the day of my weigh in. So like I'd wake up early in the morning, go to the sauna. You're and, not exercising.
1: And, you're just like lying on steam. At
0: that and, point, I was so I, I was so uh, drained from like it, my cut down from two thirty whatever right. to one ninety five, which happened uh, that would happen over the course of like you, you know six weeks, five weeks. That that, like the last 10 pounds, exercising was becoming very difficult. So it was just, okay, let's get all the water out now. And you start with like over hydrating three or four days before, and then you cut down your water little by little, and then you blast it all out of the sauna.
1: Beautiful. So a quick review, Texas Deep Brazil, I kept track of my calories. I I, I fasted all day. I ran and I walked and jogged six miles before we went, and then I consumed by my estimation, 4,800 calories, which included the pancetta and the shrimp w- w- and the hearts of palm on the salad with the little Caesar set- dressing. I went kind of crazy. And then you know, the, the, I did the A.J. lamb chops and, That'll do it. and the flank and the fillets and the bacon-wrapped chicken, and I give it an A+. Plus. You know, food tastes so much better when you're starving.
0: If you're not eating, like, the little cheesy balls that they bring avoided to the table. It. You're not eating the potatoes al gratin. I avoided not, it. not eating the lobster bisque. bisque. avoided it. Yeah, you're in good shape.
1: And then Wednesday, last night, we went to the, I don't know if you've seen this, the Ace Buffet, uh, all-you-can-eat uh, all um, um, at the Palms, they have Lobster Buffet. Have oh, you seen this? Oh, no. So you walk up. I, I tell you what, I don't think the system's going to work. You walk up and you're limited to one lobster tail and one full lobster. They're like a little more, like a pound and a quarter lobsters. Okay, okay. maybe only a pound, but you can. But, but they're like, oh, you can only have one. Well, one after another, you can just get right back in the line sure. and, keep, and keep getting them. So, um, if you are a seafood lover, all right. The the basic strategy is just keep getting lobster tails for, because the, the who cares about like the claw right just get the they get, keep getting the tails tails where it's at and then the money play is walk it's already steamed it's warm um, you walk over to the grill and they're not supposed to but if you tip them they do it every time and then you have them grill the lobster tails for you. Oh, so you get the and they got the warm butter. So I had like <laughs> five and a half lobster tails. Boy, that's plus EV right there. I mean, it's, I don't even think it's that many calories. And no, and, I didn't, it, and like and like I didn't have anything else but the lobster. I had one little piece of meat. Other than that, but that's um the problem is the line is like three hours. That's minus EV. So you got to get a dime. You got to be a diamond or you can't eat at the at the buffet.
0: And you know what? I'm wrong. That Cowboy 20 is good through August 4th. You got some extra time.
1: Yeah, you hear that Midnight Cowboy famously did not get his picks in at the Super Contest because of the deadline.
0: So that's when the Hall of Fame game is. It says it's inspired by Fezzik's rodeo story.
1: Yeah. A lot of action that weekend. A lot lot of action. action. By by the way, that Hall of Fame game, um, apparently no one spoke about this, but I was thinking about Ben the Dog. And then I hear Doug Peterson did not bring his rookies in ahead of time. For like normally I guess you can bring your rookies in one week before the you know the veterans right. and so the Raiders are I believe bringing the rookies in so that's a major I think that's a significant Hall of Fame Advantage Raiders to to do so
0: that does feel like a pretty big edge um that that's surprising to me that a, think about that a new coach not bringing rookies in that, that seems odd to me
1: do you think Fez that's why it's gone from minus one to minus two minus one and a half it would be logical right and by the way that those ones and, and twos are so critical in preseason the the one is more valuable than the three because, because teams, teams don't want to they don't want to go to overtime you know it's funny too because like sometimes it's just like a, a narrative gets out there and everyone copies it without thinking like oh we don't want to go overtime why wouldn't you what's the problem with overtime why wouldn't you want to give your rookies you know a little more playing time to show what they got right I mean why is that a bad thing?
0: I think, like, almost every coach, their goal is to get as few people hurt during sp- Who
1: cares preseason if they get, as possible. If they, get, if, if, if they lose a limb, it's the fifth stringer. <laughs> you know, I want to see if he's not going to make the team anyways if he's playing in the fourth quarter. Get Give, give the kid a chance to return a punt for Fair a enough. down, right? So so that would explain why that line is moved in. And bottom line is never, ever, ever lay one and a half or, God, two and a half in preseason because you're dead. You're up seven and the other team's in the red zone. You're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You know, if they score, it, the, it, the game is going to end on one. So, um, you know, if you do like the Raiders in that game, and I'm not saying that I do, because basic strategy would probably be to bet that crappy team Jacksonville, to, you know, to, the the Hall of Fame game would mean more to them. But with this news, there's no way I'm going to bet on Jacksonville.
0: All right. That will do it. For the Fezic Focus podcast. Again, appreciate you guys. Use that code Cowboy20 at pregame.com. Get yourself 20% off everything. Thanks, McKenzie. Thanks, Fez. Thanks to the audience. We will talk to you guys next week.